Thanks one and all for tuning into another podcast pack. To get the most out of this pack, make sure to save it by hitting the little heart button. And if you haven't already, click the link in the podcast pack description so you can subscribe and get these delivered to your inbox every other week. The past. Once upon a time, digital communication looked pretty simple. Nothing but white text on a black screen. And I know it sounds basic, but at the time it was actually pretty tough to pull off. You see, a letter represents little more than an abstract idea, and computers don't do so well with abstraction. Even today, when you type out a message, your computer needs to convert numeric code into characters. With each keystroke, the computer receives a number, translates that number into a letter, and then finally displays it on the screen. Now this number-letter puzzle in itself wasn't insurmountable for early software developers. But the real problem was that people couldn't agree on which numbers should stand for which letters. Imagine Steve in San Francisco decided that the letter A should be represented by the code 1234, while Melinda in Seattle picked 5678. If Steve tried to send Melinda a message with an A, she'd be left with an error, or worse, a new word entirely. Enter the Unicode Consortium, a group of secretive superheroes, read linguistics nerds, formed to establish unique, standardized codes for every character in all of the world's languages. From here on out, I will refer to them as the UC to spare you hearing the Unicode Consortium 50 more times. With the UC's standard in place, Steve and Melinda could communicate confidently with each other and anyone around the world, knowing that whatever they sent would appear as intended on the other side. So with that, the world of digital communication was saved forever, right? Wrong. Linguists estimate that up to 70% of the meaning we derive from face-to-face encounters comes from nonverbal cues. Unsurprisingly, early internet users quickly moved beyond standard characters in an attempt to recreate some of these cues. In 1982, professors at Carnegie Mellon issued a formal proposal to use colon dash open parentheses to signify a joke, and in 1997, SoftBank released the very first known set of emojis. Other Japanese telcos quickly followed by developing their own unique characters. And over the next decade, emoji gained mass adoption in Japan and began to spread across the globe as a new visual language. With each company maintaining its own encoding schema, however, the UC's vision of linguistic interoperability fell into jeopardy once again. In 2010, they officially recognized the first set of 1,000 emojis, enabling big tech companies like Google, Microsoft, Facebook, and Twitter to equip their users with emoji without fear of characters failing to translate across operating systems. The present. Fast forward 10 years and the UC have officially approved more than 3,000 emojis, embedding everything from the peach to, yes, the poop, into our cultural DNA. What started as a small group of ragtag techno-linguists now includes nine voting members from companies like Apple, Facebook, Microsoft, Google, and Netflix. Now, in the pack, in episodes from 99% Invisible and Planet Money, 
you'll learn exactly how this league of linguists decides which images to admit into the cultural lexicon and how enterprising marketing teams have exploited this process along the way. Did you really think Ford would rest until there was a pickup truck emoji? No way. Now today there are two primary use cases for emoji. First, you might use them for abbreviating or enhancing text-based communication. Think TikTok comments surrounded by sparkles to convey sarcasm or pictograms of internet lingo like diamond hands. And second, you might use them to capture abstract emotion that just can't be conveyed via text. And this is kind of the bread and butter of emojis and particularly our everyone's favorite yellow smileys. Now in the first case, abbreviating or enhancing text, the standardization guaranteed by the UC transforms text into cryptic visual memes. Thanks to consistent encoding, pictograms like the rocket ship seated in subreddits like Wall Street Bets can seamlessly transition to Twitter or TikTok to gain mass traction. Now the second case, capturing abstract emotion, represents the majority of emoji usage. The infamous crying tears of joy, crying emoji, the heart and the heart eyes alone account for a quarter of emoji use on Twitter. And this shouldn't come as much of a surprise. For nearly a decade, emojis were the easiest way to translate emotion through a screen. The future. Gen Z wields emojis to abbreviate and enhance text as fluidly as Aragorn wields a sword. And the use of emojis as pictograms will only gain popularity as a sort of newfangled textual slang. However, I do think emojis will be replaced as the go-to means of quickly capturing abstract emotion. For proof, look no further than the iMessage keyboard in iOS 14, which looks distinctly more colorful than it did a decade ago. For the youth of yesteryear, emojis represented the only way to capture all important nonverbal cues. But for the texters of today, photos, memojis, bitmojis, stickers, and GIFs lay just a tap away. These alternatives offer a richer form of communication because they're both more adaptive to the context of a given conversation and more representative of the person sending them. Only the UC can create new emoji and they only do so once a year. Anyone can create a new GIF, sticker, or Snapchat instantly. Open creation enables more contextually relevant visual communication like a riff on a recent meme or inside joke. The UC also designs emoji for mass appeal, limiting the potential for personalized self-expression. For years, emojis were limited to a single skin tone, leaving the majority of users with an inaccurate representation of themselves. With a bitmoji, memoji, or photo, the sender is the one that determines self-representation. Am I really going to wait around for the Unicode consortium to approve an emoji with a man bun when I can add flowing locks to my own avatar in seconds? Am I really gonna send my friend a smiley when I know I could find a gif from our favorite TV show instead? I don't think so. To go deeper on where emojis have been and where they're headed, keep listening to the rest of the pack.